Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central, and I don't have eight guests with me today. I'm back to my regular three, including myself four. So I'm going to introduce them. My good friends, uh, Nick Sutrick. Hi. Hey, hey. I was a weird one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Jerry Hildenbrand with me. Hi. Howdy ho. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, same as always. <laughs> and I've got Derek Lee. Hello, hello. So happy to be here. Yes, we are happy you're here too. So let's get right into it. I have so many fun topics as I normally do always. I want to start off the conversation with the uh, most important thing that's happening very, very soon, which is Google I.O. Um, Google uh, I.O. 2023, uh, they've teased the program and it's teasing or rather it's revealed the program and it teases big things for Android, including generative AI. Um, Google CEO Sundar Pichai, uh, his keynote address leads things off, followed by a developer keynote. We know that's typically how things go. And of course, the things that we are most excited that potentially, you know, could be coming are the Pixel tablet, Pixel 7a, and the oh-so-exciting Pixel Fold. and we're also thinking we might get some information about the Pixel 8 series. Um, it might come. But I think this is also exciting. And we all know that Google I.O. is just such it's it's one of those fun events where we we get to learn some of the things that Google is doing. And I, you know, I'm going to open the floor to you guys. You know, what are you guys most looking forward to for the event? And, you know, obviously, I'm sure most of you are going to say the potential announcement of a pixel fold but aside from that you know what are some of the things that we should be paying attention to or we're excited about take it away whoever wants to go first i'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to integrate ai more with android um i mean assumedly bard will be you know in there i don't know about replacing assistant but adding on to assistant you know and and maybe some other features that we haven't seen yet that they could announce I doubt it'll be Android 14, probably more like Android 15. But I still would love to see, you know, a teaser of what they're working on. It would be really cool. Yeah, that's true. And I know, speaking of Bard slash Assistant, you know, I know, Derek, you wrote a fantastic editorial few, several weeks ago. I can't remember when it was, but this potential. Yeah, you did. Well, remember the one where it was like, um, Microsoft should take advantage of this moment and put oh, yeah. uh, a standalone or its its assistant app or chat GPT app onto smartwatches, the Android smartwatches. But thoughts on the potential of learning more about BARD and maybe integration of assistant sounds interesting to me. I would love for him to stand up and say, hey, you've been using this all along. <laughs> we, we, we're the first. We invented this crap. You've been using it. We're going to put a name on it so we look as cool as the other guys. Yeah, it's... Because that's really all they're doing. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, too, because, like, you know, I, yesterday, I think, someone um, someone was complaining about how Grammarly now has this, like, AI thing, and I'm like, does it Grammarly already use AI? That's what I thought. And, like, they already... and they were just like, yeah, and they were just like, stop putting AI in everything, and I'm like, but AI is already in everything. We're just putting a name on it now. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Microsoft forced everybody to advertise Put what they're name. doing. Right. Yeah, of that course. makes sense. Yeah, cuz I mean Bing was already the name and you know, they just kind of just threw threw it into Bing. And Bing already used AI. 
Yeah, right. And now it's, I guess, just better AI. Sure. Maybe. You, you, you can't have a search engine without AI. Remember, AI isn't artificial, nor is it intelligent, but it's called artificial <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> right. And, and effectively, that's what's happening with Grammarly, right? Because, like, Grammarly could already rewrite sentences for you. Yep. But now you can tell it to rewrite the entire thing for you. Okay, so it's like it's like the next the next step of what they were already doing. Okay, but when you so Nick, I know you said you wanted specifics on like assistant, but do you also hope to see AI like some sort of announcement about AI in other areas as well, or 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 are you only interested in sort of Bard and what it could do? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take all of it. I don't really care. I I just assumed that maybe they would use the Bard name because you know, like we were saying. Microsoft forced everybody to put a name to it. So now instead of saying, oh, well, you can tap these suggested sentences or replies from your taskbar, they're going to say, oh, well, now Bard gives you the whole thing to just reply to and you don't have to worry about it or something. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. Sorry, this is a, a bit of a sideline. Um, like with the whole naming thing, a Bard is just a horrible name. Um, but I was thinking this morning, like Google Assistant as a name is also not great either. Like I hate writing it in articles. Um, I really think Google just needs to be better at naming its things. I, I think, and, and I don't know if this is a hundred percent accurate, but I was told this by someone who should know they named it Bard because one of the first things they had it do was write poetry and Bard Shakespeare. <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I get that. I love that. I, I, I get that, but it's still, That's it's still cool. ugly. <laughs> like you have, you have Siri, you have Alexa, you have, uh, you know, we once had Cortana. Like those were nice names, but Bard is just so, so, I don't know. It's maybe, just ugly. Maybe Shakespeare's copyrighted. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just glad they gave it a name because I also hate writing assistant. Like Google Assistant is not really a name. It's like a description for the thing. Yeah, that's true. Has Has anybody gotten an email, you know, one of these pitch emails we all get yet right. that you can just tell is completely AI generated? Mm. I have not yet. I, I got one yesterday that was literally just regurgitated the intro you know I, I sent an email asking some questions it regurgitated my questions and how happy we are that you ask these questions about word for word what i said huh. and then the next sentence it, it was just it was terrible oh my god you know related to it i saw a joke this week that somebody tweeted you know i guess they're a teacher and they're like oh well you know everyone's worried about all the teachers are worried about the students now using chat GPT to turn in the homework. And then they're like, yeah, but here's what the students turn in. And the essay is literally like, the first paragraph says, I'm a, I'm a bot and I can't actually help you with this homework. But here's a suggestion for what I would give to you. <laughs> they left the whole thing in there. Uh, so I feel like that's related to that. I thought it was hilarious. So aside from, aside from Bard, um, I want to kind of talk about Android 14. I mean, we do know that Android for the, the final build um, is, you know, expected to come in the fall at some point. Um, but what do we want to see from that? Or do, or I guess Android 15, maybe. Um, I don't think I don't. Do we normally hear about Android, like the variant in IO or do we hear it during the Pixel event? Um, we probably won't hear. I mean, we only know really like, you know, so, like some of the features that you know, 
their testing on Android 14 may not actually make it to Android 14. So some of them may just skip to Android 15. Um, we've already heard like the uh, code name for Android 15, which I can't remember right now. Um, but we probably won't hear too much about Android 15 until yeah, we'll, later. We'll hear about 14 because yeah, we really don't know what's going to be there. We, we know some of the behind the scenes stuff that's in the beta, but Google always has one or two big flashy things that they... What are we expecting those big flashy things to be? Do we have any idea? Uh, unfortunately, I think Nick is right, and it's just going to be... AI, 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 AI. <laughs> so basically you're saying turn Google I.O. into a drinking game and every time they say <laughs> AI or Bard, you take a shot, right? Basically. Probably. Oh my gosh. Can we do that? <laughs> I want to do let's, that. <laughs> let's not. Oh um, but also, but, but, but they did say early on that uh, satellite connectivity would be a big thing. Um, mm. So I'm I'm curious to see how they're gonna like implement it in Android. Yeah, I'd I'd like to know the whole story behind that. Why it kind of just died. It was a big huge thing at CES, and Samsung was all hyped, and then Samsung didn't release it. It 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 supposedly can be done with the what is it Snapdragon eight Gen two whatever the uh, yeah, but nobody's doing it. You know why did that die? I wonder if it's because of Android 14, because Google said it's like baking it into it, and Samsung said they could do it, but I wonder if they're also waiting for Android 14. Right. Um, okay. Well, I guess time will tell, and we will have to find out on May 10th, guys. Make sure you're following us, because we're going to live blog it. And um... Do you know what I want to see most from Google I.O.? I want to see the kitchen catch on fire again. I don't want anyone to get hurt. I want... But Nick, were you there the year? I think it was the first year was at Shoreline that the kitchen caught fire and they ushered everybody out into the parking lot and there was fire trucks and helicopters and it was wild. It turned into a, a parking lot party. No, I don't remember this. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> that sounds... <laughs> it was fun. Oh my God. I, All uh, right. I, I will say real quick that I'm looking forward to... Uh, Hearing about Wear OS and where that's going, um, whether like we're getting like a Wear OS four or whatnot, like that'd be interesting. So yeah, just wanting to see where that is and hopefully Wear OS three point one point one. Well, we're at three point five, I think. So yeah, probably like three point eight. Well, yeah. How many years did we have Wear OS two? Um, uh, that's like a good eight? question. That's what it felt like. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, well, time will tell, you know, and we'll find out soon. Uh, let's talk about your review, Nick, the think phone review, the best Motorola phone you won't buy. I love that headline. I think it's great. Um, if you haven't read the article, I mean, obviously go re read the review. It's, it's fantastic. Um, Nick, you gave so many more pros than you did cons. You said it's a sleek, non-slippery build, brilliant integration with PCs, clean software with great features, excellent battery life and performance, four years of software update, PWM, PWM sensitive, friendly display. And then in terms of cons, you said no telephoto lens and last year's processor, literally just two points. But overall, you did a 
you you gave it a great um, rating. Uh, tell us about it. Tell us why you loved it and um, why you think people should get it. Actually, I'm curious to know why you titled it the title that you gave it. Tell us why why you did that. So, all right, I'll start with the title, right? The reason I did this, and the reason I actually kept the review fairly short, because Derek was asking me why I didn't go more in depth with it, is because Motorola is only selling this through B2B channels. So it's really meant to be an enterprise device. You can also buy it unlocked through their website, but I don't know how many people are going to do that. Like, probably not a lot, right? I, I can't see too many people going out of their way to buy an unlocked phone from Motorola. Like, it's probably not a large number. Um, so this is not a phone that you're going to find in Best Buy on Amazon in your carrier store. It's sort of a special Lenovo type of phone, which ironically doesn't have the Lenovo name anywhere on it, which I thought was interesting because the ThinkPad is Lenovo. But in any case, it's ThinkPhone by Motorola, and it's easily the best phone they've made in a long time. Um, I, I mean, really... The no telephoto lens and last really falls processor uh, are the only two like real negatives that I could think of for this phone. Everything else about it is just so good. Um, and are they really negatives? Well, no, it's a con. I don't know if it's a negative per se. I have to put something in the column, right? I guess I could put none. <laughs> exactly. But a t no telephoto lens is definitely a negative. Yeah, yeah. The, the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, whatever. I mean, I, I don't consider that a real negative because it really is a fantastic processor. Um, even now, it doesn't feel old by any means. Yeah, because I mean, um, there's still plenty of new phones launching with that chip. Right. Yeah, and it's I feel like it's a great chip that will bring the price down a little bit and you'll still feel like, you know, it's a brand new flagship phone. It feels really really fast. Uh they ship this thing with a 68 watt charger, which, you know, how many phones even come with a charger these days and how many phones do we complain about that only have like 25 watt charging or something, right? So this thing, it charges fast. It's got 2-day battery life. Uh it's way thinner than I I recall some other phones being like it just feels super thin you know and yet you have the great battery life um it's actually got that that uh lg style mil spec thing going on right where you can drop it on concrete from your pocket and it's not supposed to break um, shout out to lg exactly exactly for for pushing that on the v series well, they got to do better than lg though well okay ignore the rest of those the LG broke stuff. every damn time <laughs> but, <laughs> what, Derek? but nick that price yeah don't buy this phone for twelve hundred bucks. Don't be an idiot. No, it's se it's seven hundred. It's seven hundred dollars. Oh, that's... I thought it was like eleven seventy. Oh no, no, it's seven hundred dollars. Which, which I mean, to me is kind of surprising. Don't don't buy this phone for seven hundred bucks. Don't be an idiot. Buy the next one four years from now and see if they keep their promises to support it. Right, and and I think here's the thing about that price too. Like again, this is a business channel phone this is not a yeah necessarily consumer phone so seven hundred dollars for this is probably better than any phone that your company is going to buy you right like this yep this is effectively the the new blackberry right like you're going to get this the, as a work phone when you go somewhere that that's what uh, you know when i read your review and some other reviews that's that's what i came down with this is a smart move by lenovo let's just call them who they are yeah and lenovo knows business sales and they know the think branding 
Yeah. This and, this was really smart. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I use a ThinkPad. That's my daily machine. It has been for two years now. I love the thing. Yep. I love Lenovo's keyboards and a bunch of other things they have, right? Like it's just, they're great machines. And I thought this had some really, really cool interactivity with a, I mean, it actually doesn't have to be a Lenovo laptop. It can be any Windows PC. Um, the only reason why I would say you would pair this with a Lenovo laptop is because it kind of looks like one on the back, right? It's got the same like <laughs> Aramid fiber, non-slippery back that a, you know, Lenovo laptop has. Um, and it, it, it feels really nice to hold. And it's got a little red key on the side. And when you single tap the red key, you can customize that action. So like right now, when I single tap it, I have it open Google Keep, which is great because it makes it easy to just jot down a note whenever. And then when you double tap it, you can select from a list of possible options. So if you select all of them, like I did, um, when you double tap it, it actually comes up with a quick menu to click. So you can do like stream apps. So if I have an app open on the phone, I can double tap that button and hit stream apps and it'll immediately open it on my PC. Um, I have another one on here for files. You click that, it immediately opens a file browser on my PC to browse my phone's files. And there's a bunch of little things like this that I just love. They just really, they work really well. And they're fast too. It's not like you click it and you wait and wait and maybe the connection fails or something, right? You know, some of those stupid things that I feel like we run into with these uh, multi-operating system device connectivity features, it just works. And it works really well and really fast. And, and I liked, I, I feel like, what they went for here, they achieved. And that's why I gave it a higher score. I guess the question that I have for you, because, I mean, you obviously said wonderful things. Um, it looks like, I mean, like you said, it's a rugged phone, but like, it's, is it attractive in person? Like, is it something that like people would like holding around and you know what I mean? Like, is it, I think it looks really nice in a business sense, right? Like it just looks like a really, like if you, if you had this and you were in a suit, I feel like it would go along with that. It, I, I, <laughs> I think it looks nice. Like a Blackberry looked nice. Right. If you like the way an iPhone looks, I think you're going to hate it. No, but the thing is I love the way the Blackberry looks. I, I used to have black, a Blackberry and I, I loved that look, but I, I think what I, I'm concerned about is like the this back casing, which looks almost like it's like a silicone texture. Like what kind of texture is that? It's it's aramid fiber, they call it. So it's like a Kevlar type of thing where it's a soft touch. Oh, OK, um, I don't want to call it plastic, but uh, that logo, though, I like it. I, I like wish it, it lit up, man. Why? Why didn't why didn't the eye light up? That was like my biggest design pet peeve it was like, OK, you got the ThinkPhone logo on the back. And the red eye doesn't light up. I think it's so cool that they did that, though, like incorporated the logo. That's pretty cool. I, well, I know they got to have their branding back there, but diagonal that big in the corner. Come on, yeah, man. Derek, back me up here. It's it's <laughs> the same branding as the laptop. That's the thing. It's like I, I like it because they stuck with what they do. Yeah. Right. They didn't they didn't go off brand at all. This is like fully on board with. Lenovo ThinkPad styling. Everything about it looks and feels like a ThinkPad. Just you a know phone. What, you know what I wish they did do? Um, I, I assume they didn't do this. Is um, have like a, a little notification LED um, in the front. Um, I just wish. Yeah, they don't have that. 
I just or wish a phones. little red nub that you could use as a cursor. I just wish phones had that again. Oh yeah, that too. The well, and that, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that dot on the logo could have been that notification LED because a lot of people leave their phones upside down on the table, right? I mean, I guess. And if you had yeah, it like that, it'd be though? cool to see that you know just no quick, quick light up. I think a lot of people would feel um, a little wary because it might look like they're being recorded or oh, something. Oh, maybe that's why they didn't do it. You know, I think that's probably why yeah. they, okay, they I didn't think didn't. about that. All right. Yeah, and you know, you know how people are. Like, if they see anything like a red dot flashing, they're like, either yeah. there's a sniper around me, or <laughs> right, I get it. There's um, being filmed. Right. Or I, I think right? the last thing I'll say about it is Motorola software has gotten very, very good. Um, I already liked a lot of things that Moto has done over the years, um, but I think with Android 13, they really kind of honed it in and nailed a certain style. It feels like a nice mix between. Uh, Google's skin, which it looks a lot like a stock Android 12 or 13 skin, right? So it looks similar to a Pixel, mm-hmm. which Derek will hate. Um, but it has m- more features than a Pixel. Uh, it's not quite like Samsung level of, you know, it's going to take you three weeks to find everything if you're even if you're digging. But there's a lot of really nice features on this, and there's several new ones too with with their Android 13 version, including like um, a kids space, which you know whatever Samsung's had for a while. Um, a lot of ready for stuff, which is their PC linking um, or, you know, connected to a TV kind of functionality. Um, and, and just a couple of other really nice little things that I, I feel make the experience better. Oh, and I forgot they have a really cool gaming mode thing where like when you're playing Fortnite or something, right? You click the little hovering button on the side and you click the acoustic lights button. And it actually will light up corners of your screen based on where your character hears things in a game. Oh, cool. That's cheating. I love it. It's That's great. Cool. I love it. It was just so cool to like play Fortnite and see like the corners light up like that. I don't know. It was, I think it was cool. a really like unique it. feature I've never seen before. And I thought it was cool to have on a phone. I will say that my experience with Motorola's Android 13 has been pretty positive as well. Um, just I, I And I always love like... You know, it's it's almost like it's always stock right ish Android, but there's always like the gestures, and to me, that's my favorite part of a Motorola phone. Agreed. Yeah, the gestures are always always really good, and I always forget about the chop gesture. And I, I'll go around like I have to use the the torch at some point. You know, you go to put it on. I'm like, oh wait, I don't have to go through all these menus. I just I just chop the phone twice, and it turns on. It's great. I watched the phone fly out of somebody's hand doing that chop. And every time anybody brings it up, it just I instantly flash back to that and I can't help but laugh. Oh my god. All right. Well sticking sticking to the topic of um Motorola, I mean obviously Nick, you were in Chicago for other things, which we will not talk about now but you did get to see a preview or i guess like you got to play around with um another really really cool phone uh and you titled the editorial um the motorola motorola yes i have changed the name this is what we wanted it to be was the moto roller right that's what everybody said (laughs) well technically yeah that's what we wanted it to be called but no the motorola i want to say is it riser 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 Motorola Riser is the sharper image of the smart world, smartphone world. Wow, I cannot speak today. Um, so essentially, it is a 
you know, you got to visit the Motorola HQ in Chicago um, and you played around with this oh, really futuristic, cool looking phone. And anytime I see phones like this, I'm always thinking like, well, how practical is it? Anyways, why don't you give our listeners a you know, who haven't seen the article or images, like what does this phone look like? Right. And the, the practicality aspect sort of comes into the title of it, right? Like I, I feel like when you're looking through a sharper image catalog, you know, I don't, I don't even know if there's a round anymore, but when that was a thing, when people would look through the sharper image catalog, there was always like these really cool looking gadgets, right? And you're like, oh, I, I got to have that thing. It's got to be awesome. And then usually when you get it, you're like, I mean, I, I guess this is cool. I don't know how much I'll use it, but it's cool. And that's that's kind of what this felt like. Um, there are definitely reasons why this is superior to a folding phone. Um, you know, I think the the durability question uh, probably gets answered in one way. Um, with folding phones, we've seen a lot of them crack on the hinge. You know, the the part of the glass that actually folds inward. And with this, it doesn't actually have glass. The OLED display is tapered on both sides by like a, a plastic material. I don't know exactly what the material is, but it's plasticky. Um, so it, it bends easily. It doesn't crack over time. Um, well, explain, explain what it looks like. So uh, when you pick it up, I guess normally, it's about two-thirds the height of a normal smartphone. And the display itself actually wraps underneath the bottom and around to the back. So it goes about a third of the way up the backside. Uh, when you have it in this, I guess, configuration, only the front of the phone's display is lit up. The back is not lit up, so it's just completely dark. Um, you can use that smaller display on the back, similar to a cover display on like a flip, right? So you can use it as a notification triage center. So like if you have it down on the table, you'll see like the always on display on that part. Um, you can use it as a camera viewfinder, uh, which actually... I thought was really cool, not just because you can use the, you know, the better cameras on the back for taking a picture, but if you're taking a picture of somebody else, they can also see the viewfinder of oh, themselves. Oh, that is yes. Which, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you can kind of fill in the blank there about why that's really cool. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. that just, that's a great concept. Um, and then at any point you're using the phone, you double tap the power button and it slides that display from the back up to the front mm. um, there's a little mechanism on the back that pushes it down and since it's wrapped around the bottom it therefore comes out the top essentially right so mm -hmm. you then have a more normal size phone right same kind of aspect ratio as pretty much any phone you're going to use these days mm -hmm. um, i think my concern with that part is that uh, it's extremely thin, okay? The only thing protruding from the top at that point is the display. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever seen an OLED TV, you'll know that the bottom portion of it is a little bit thicker. It's where the, you know, the power box and all the other electronics and processing things are, are in. And the entire rest of the TV is just a thin sheet of glass, right? There's nothing else to the TV because an OLED panel is razor thin. Um, and so this thing is similar to that. The, the actual display portion that goes up from the phone is i don't know maybe a millimeter i'm not exactly sure how thin it is it's extremely thin um and i don't know how durable that's going to be and when, when i asked them the question they were kind of like well what would you expect it to do you know they didn't they didn't really answer me <laughs> like, well i guess you know and when you posted this link in our chat um in our group chat well i know derek and i both 
had thoughts about this, but I just, I don't know. I just don't really see the practicality of a phone like this. Like, and the question that I asked you in there and I'm asking now as well is like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of having a phone like this? You know, the, I guess the more compact, because when it comes with Motorola, uh, you know, particularly now when we have like the large screen foldables and the clamshell foldables, Motorola has uh, stuck primarily to the clamshells, the more compact foldables, not the ones that are going to expand out like a tablet, the ones that are going to be phone size, but yet shrink down to something smaller. And that's what the riser is as well. Um, so they have the razor and the riser that do essentially the same thing, but just in different ways. Um, and it's kind of just a novel thing. I mean, Samsung is also, I mean, and others are, uh, you know, they're, they're all testing uh, rollable phones uh, similar to this, but, um, but like, you know, kind of the more tablet style. Um, right. And I think Motorola is kind of just focusing on just the compact. Yeah. And I, I think to Motorola's credit here, uh, it feels like they're being a little bit more transparent than some other companies are. Like they're saying, here's a working, it's not even like a concept device now. It's it's just, it's a prototype. And they've assembled several of these by hand there at Motorola HQ in Chicago. And they're just kind of testing them and bringing them around and seeing what people think and how they would want to use them. And And they're actually doing market research before just throwing this thing out in the market and then trying to figure out stuff later. So I feel like that's a better approach to this type of unique form factor. Whereas, it, you know, like when a lot of foldables came out, I, I kind of feel like the the answer to that question was, well, it looks cool, right? Like I can fold my phone in half. Why do you need another reason? Yeah, and I think the other thing, I mean, I don't know if you experienced this, but like, did you find that you were... um getting fingerprints on the back panel or like handprints i mean when you extend the display that back portion goes to the front so i guess yes um but you can always wipe them off i mean like any other display right i don't i don't think that's too different and a lot of phones now are shiny glass anyway right so I, I also don't really think that's too different. I, I know what you're saying, like you're holding it in your palm and it's touching your palm and getting all smudgy right, or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think because of the way it's designed and because of the way the case works, and that was another thing that was cool, was the way they had the case design um, because it, it protects the side, or I guess the sides. Um, the back portion where that uh, mechanism moves and then the underside where the display curves under. So it, it kind of protects a lot of the spots where you might drop it and the, the sensitive parts would hit something. Uh, so I, I think that was pretty uniquely interesting and probably an intelligent design. You know, again, based on probably where the thing drops when they've tested it. Uh, I had something else I was going to say about it and I forgot. That you're obsessed with this phone, very evidently. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I like the concept, but I like anything like this. Like anything that's just fun and interesting. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm just going through my article now. So the downside I see to this is not necessarily fingerprints or possible fragility with that thin portion at the top. The downside, I think, is the actual fact that it's physically two-thirds smaller. So on a flip... It's the same size phone as any other phone, right? You just fold it in half. 
And for the most part, you can fit the same size battery, the same processing components, everything else in there, right? This thing never gets larger than two-thirds the size of a normal phone, despite the fact that this, the display extends up, which means it's going to have a smaller battery. It might not have as good of a processor because they can't fit the cooling in there required for a top-end processor. It might not have good cameras because they don't have the space. Um, you know, these are all assumptions I'm making, but I feel like that's the most immediately obvious downside to this type well, of design. Well, is the phone, because the phone looks pretty thick. Um, so I would think like, you know, besides maybe the, the moving parts, um, that that thickness kind of sort of makes up for it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the you know phones are still sort of getting thinner and they're kind of spread out, you know, across all that, um, all that space. Um, so maybe Motorola is kind of just stacking stuff. Well, that in could be the the display itself is one to two millimeters thinner than any phone I can think of since the Pixel Two XL because it's 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 got to be a an LG P OLED. It is a P OLED because yes. of the way it yeah. So it's LG actually P OLED is a trademark from LG so. I know exactly what screen they're using in it, and it doesn't need a thick glass and metal backplate. Right. It's just a thin sheet of plastic. So they shaved a lot, and you say, oh, well, it's only a millimeter. Over that entire surface area, that's a lot, a lot of room for more battery. Or other components that would leave room for battery elsewhere. Right, because it doesn't just go around the front. It also wraps around the back. Right. So it's, that, that sort of adds to that. Um. I think thickness-wise, I don't recall the phone being like substantially thicker. Than from the photos, it looks a lot thicker. We don't know how. You know, that's just from a picture. It looks real thick. Right, and and it it is thicker. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like fold four when it's folded in half thick. You know what I'm saying? It's not quite that level of. Oh, really? It kind of looks like it's thicker than that. That's why I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not as thick as a fold four would be. Again, when it's actually folded closed. When it's opened up, different story. But mm. the the bigger folding phones that um you know are, are like tablet size and fold in half, it's not like thirteen millimeters thick. It's probably ten, I would guess, without having the specs on hand. I don't think they would give me the specs. Interesting. All right. Well, I, good to I know. I have one real concern with this, and that's the 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 mechanism that unrolls it. Right. It's it's got to be a DC motor in there. And it's going to require a certain amount of energy for it to turn. Right. That means if your phone drops below 15% battery, maybe it won't be able to close. Maybe it won't be able to open. Or they have to set aside a certain amount of battery and take it away, you know, availability for the phone. Right. Which would affect other things. I, I wouldn't want this to be a manual. I, I don't know how you do it. You know, stick your thumb in the middle and push it up like an old Blackberry torch is not the solution. Right. But having a motor and a roller in there, that's that's just concerning when it comes to power. I would imagine that, like, say your phone battery is dying, that the phone would kind of just automatically, like, close itself. Yeah, and, and a lot of the software side of this thing, they have designed to adapt to different situations. So like if you're watching YouTube 
and you turn the phone into landscape, it automatically extends to fit the size of the video. Which is very sexy. It's sick. Yeah, it's just, it looks so cool, too. It See, just that looks scares so the crap cool. out of me, too. Because when you get when you get the the one update for the year, you know, let's say this phone goes into production, and you get that one update they send you in 2024, and it breaks that functionality, well, you're waiting for an entire year for them to fix it because it's Motorola. Yeah, I I mean on the update front, Motorola has gotten a lot better, and they've been a lot more specific about. What are you going to say? Uh, just, you know, a lot better for Motorola. It just isn't saying much. No, because you went from <laughs> zero to one a year is a lot better. Oh yeah, I mean, God, at this point, Derek. though, with these phones, they are promising three OS updates and four years of security updates. So that's that's so much better than before. It was literally like one update. I mean, I don't even think we're kidding. All right. Well, good on you, Motorola. Good on you. I will say to end... I miss Sharper Image. What what happened to them? Are they completely out of business? I don't know, the, but I used to like go time, to the store and it was always so fun yeah. and interesting. The last time I was in a shopping mall in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, the Sharper Image was still there, but that's been, God, before COVID. So yeah, what, 36 I, I actually, years ago? Right. I looked it up for this article just because it piqued my interest. And I think they went bankrupt in 2008 and then in 2010... Somebody else bought the name. And I feel like it's kind of like FAO Schwartz, right? Where you see FAO Schwartz bargain bin toys that are like Chinese rebrands in, in Target now. You don't, you don't go to an FAO Schwartz store. <laughs> As seen on TV, the sharper right. image. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's that kind of thing now. It's not, it's not like it used to be. So hopefully if you read this, you understood the reference. If not, well, sorry. Well, on that note, I want to take a quick break because I want to talk about other things. Instead of Motorola and sharper image. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Indeed is the hiring platform you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to U.S. Indeed data. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, um, so uh, we did a poll four days, a mm, few days ago. The results were written four days ago. Uh, so the poll that we did was um, basically we asked Android users if they would ditch the platform for $10,000 
And here's what they said. And so of that, um, 45.46% said yes, 36.87% said no, and 17.66% said maybe if I were offered more money. Um, There was almost 5,000 votes, which is pretty impressive. But what we think was most interesting were some of the responses. And I want to read some of these responses. And then I want to talk about this poll because I think it's it's pretty interesting. Okay, so one person said, one main reason why I keep a personal phone is because I hate how iOS works. I mainly use the iPhone for work because I don't want to use it if I don't have to. Uh, another person said, I'd like, I take a higher price if I take care of all my debts, including my mortgage. Sure. Uh, my wife has already been on an iPhone since 2009, so it's not like I wouldn't know what what to do with it. I'm the one that has to fix any problems with it as it is anyway. Another person said, my preference is Android. My Samsung Flip is my daily driver, but I do have an Apple backup mobile. They both have their strengths and weaknesses. I believe Android comes out slightly ahead. $10,000? Hey, I got to go with the big bucks. <laughs> uh, and, you know, again, these sort of comments go on and on. And I just I think it's rather interesting to see what some of these people have said. You know, obviously, there is no other option uh, outside of Android. I mean, it would be iOS unless there was a, a new player that came in. Um, so your only other option is to go to iOS. But then the other thing, too, is people still feel like there could be changes. I don't know. I just I thought the polling results for this for this were interesting. What do you what do you guys think? I mean, I will say like it was a silly poll. Um, like I thought it was silly. Uh, just like the the kind of idea behind it, because um, I guess it was like Warren Buffett saying like, oh, iPhone users would not take ten thousand dollars if it meant that they had to give up their iPhone and never take another iPhone again. Um, which essentially means like, you know, they would have to go to Android or something. And um, so it was like, all right, well, let's see what, you know, the Android side thing. So, I mean, it was a silly poll, but it was at the same time also interesting just to like see kind of the difference because like, you know, in your mind and I feel like in many of our minds, uh, iPhone users are very, Hell-bent. they're very loyal. Yeah. And very passionate about iPhones. And, you know, and we talk about it all the time, how Apple has this hold on its consumers and locks them into the ecosystem. And Android, I feel like, doesn't really do that. Um, like, I, I think Android's kind of getting better at, like, the whole ecosystem. But at the same time, you still have ecosystems within the ecosystem. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like when it comes to Android, less yes, you have, like, the loyalists, um, but I think Android is kind of just like, you know, you know I, I hate to say this, but it's like, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, I can't afford an iPhone, so I'll just go with Android. You know, it's not it's not really like a, like, I want this Android. It's sometimes it's just like, you know, this is what I can get. I, I, I also, I wonder if the people who are on iOS, this is going to, this is going to, I'm going to get a lot of for this probably but i just feel like people who are on iphone are people who don't want to think um because because apple it it makes it so easy for you that like you don't need to like do anything and i actually don't think that's a good thing because i think that's what makes android users almost superior to apple users because android users are people who actually understand 
the software, or at least the majority, or, or a lot of them are, are people who understand the software behind their phone and are also users who like to, you know, create and like engineer around and understand the, the software. Like, I wonder if, if that is a right judgment to make. I, I agree because like, I, you know, I don't, I've never owned an iPhone, but like, you know, I, I feel like I, I'm always teaching my iPhone using friends how to use their phones. Um, and I never see it like the other way around, you know, like I'm, I'm always showing them how to use an iPhone. Like, oh, you know, your phone can do this. Right. And they're like, what? Like, and I'm like, yeah, look, like, and, and, and I always see that. So, and, and even before I like started like writing for Android Central, like I was always doing that. So like, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, I personally agree with that assessment. Yeah. I, I would too. I think I would say in the US, and I think the US is its own kind of market for this reason, right? In the US, when people go out to buy a technology product, I think there are a significant number of people who go with an Apple because Apple stuff works with Apple stuff, right? Like it, it, they do the ecosystem unbelievably well, and it's because they lock you in. You can't really use other things when you have an Apple product. You've got to use Apple products. So when you have an Apple phone and an Apple watch and an Apple PC and an Apple tablet, they work really well together, right? You don't have to tinker with things. You don't have to connect things. It just is there. And I think a lot of people just don't want the added stress or thought in their life or whatever to choose something else. They don't want to have to go, oh, well, this year's Galaxy phone isn't as good as this year's Google phone. So maybe I should get, you know, they, they just don't want to do that. They just want to go in and buy an iPhone and be done. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. I get it. Especially for people who have families and busy lives and stuff. I get it. But yeah, I don't know. Climb out of the tech bubble. Right. A very huge number of people have an iPhone because it's $10 more a month on their Verizon bill, and that's the phone the Verizon person told them to take. Yeah, that too. Probably. Yeah. And, and they don't want to care or think about which brand is better, which phone is better, which this is better. The guy who works at the Verizon store knows all that stuff, and he told them, this is the phone you should buy. And they're all 10 bucks more a month, so they just took it and said, yay, I've got a new phone. And it's cool and they like Especially it. Especially because, like, you know, I used to work for AT&T and, like, um, you know, sometimes, like, you know, the commission or whatever that you get on selling certain phones, like iPhones, is just higher yeah. than if you sold another phone. And usually Samsungs were higher, too, but, like, LG, unfortunately, was not as high. So, uh -huh. <laughs> shut up. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it makes sense, you know, to try and... You know, it, if the person is an Apple person, then, yeah, you're going to want to sell them an, an iPhone. But if they were an Android person, you're going to want to go with what is going to get you the most money. And that, that was usually Samsung. So true. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and, and I just want to say. The 30 some odd people who said, no, I don't believe you. And agreed. I and, said to Derek, you know, I said, I think 54, 54.53% of respondents are liars. I. <laughs> for for $10,000, I would throw my phone off the top of the Empire State Building, then drive to your yes. house and take your phone away and throw it off the top of the Empire State Building. 
Ten grand. Yep. I, I, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a quarter of my uh, student loan. So yeah, I take it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I I, hey, I take it, and if if Windows Phone was still around, ooh, I would run to Windows Phone so fast. Yeah, I mean, assuming there would be another option, right? Here's here's the question. Okay, so we said Android. Does that include non Google services Android phones, or does this only include Google Android? I, I I just assumed when I wrote it. I just assumed <laughs> I Android, Android. Um, right. I did. I did mention um, like that. You know, hey, there's things other than Android. There's Harmony OS. There's right. Kai OS. Um, you know, there's other things out there. Selfish, um, which I I don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, so I did mention that there's other things. I yeah, I, I imagine my my N nine still works, and I'll go back and use Symbian. You and have the, an N nine? I've got three N nines because they were. So you you, you, you want to send me one of them? Well, what if I need all three? Maybe. Let me think about <laughs> it. I'm not sending you the pink one, and I'm not I sending you this. the orange okay. one. Okay, I I uh, yeah okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, I did mention that there's other things out there, so I mean, you know take it how you know they could take it how they want you know if it meant going to android or going to somewhere else but android google services android is kind of the obvious choice i think yeah for sure okay let's talk about a really awesome article that was written by jerry um it's titled i liked it i thought it was a great article i don't know about i don't know about everyone else but i liked it okay it's called Fairphone does what tech giants refuse to do. And what I love about this article is how you blatantly call out big tech for something they could easily do and they don't. And companies like Fairphone does. So why don't you break us down what this article is about, Jerry? Well, it, it, it was for Earth Day, but then I had to branch out because I, I ramble when I write. Fairphone, the word fair means that they try that there's three things they they try to be fair to the planet they try to be fair to the consumer and they try to be fair to the workers and they're 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 a profitable company but they're not making billions of dollars partially because they don't sell very many products and another reason is because they don't have a huge margin on their devices because they pay their workers extra they pay more money for materials so they can use fair trade and recycled materials and they do all these things to make a phone that's better for the people who made it and the environment and then to make it better for you they support heck, the Fairphone 3 what's what we're on six seven years now long after qualcomm said well we can't support it anymore Fairphone just flipped them the bird and does it themselves uh they every piece on that phone you can change yourself with just a screwdriver and there's guides you you open the phone and it gives you like numbered instructions on what that screws to take out and that kind of thing it's super easy they've got all the parts at a, at a cheap price you can buy that phone's designed to last you until you're just sick of looking at it and it's still going to work you're just so tired of it you have to have something else and then when they sell a new phone to you they pick another phone you know anybody an iphone whatever and they physically recycle it themselves because they can't use 100% recycled materials, so they do the next best thing. All of these things Samsung and Apple could do, but they don't. And 
Why? Why don't they? Because they like money more than you, the workers, or the planet. I, I think it was what the Fairphone Two that just that launched in 2015. It just got its last update in March, and it's on Android 10. But that that's seven years of support. That like again, like you said, after Qualcomm was like, "Nope, we can't support this chip anymore." Fairphone was like, "All right, well, we're going to do it for you." And then uh, the Fairphone Three and Three Plus. Uh, just jumped from Android 10, or sorry, Android 11 to Android 13, which I think is pretty awesome. And, you know, that's, sure, their phones, quote unquote, aren't as good as a Samsung flagship. They don't have the same specs. But you know what? And, and I say this, they're not available in the United States. Use one and you'll see that doesn't matter. You know, even Nick, who loves to play Fortnite on his phone, Fortnite plays just fine on the Fairphone 4 or the Fairphone 3 Plus. It's not going to win any benchmark back alley betting competitions or whatever the hell people do with benchmarks, but it's just fine. So question for you, Jerry. Do you think that Fairphone would become as big as an Apple or Samsung if there were more investors shelling money into the company or do you think it wouldn't necessarily or do you think that if that happened then Fairphone would not be the company that it is because it would have to answer to the question to the I guess answer to its investors who want to make money yeah I I, I don't think that investors would flock to Fairphone because why would you give money to a company that can only promise you a two percent return when Apple or Samsung can promise you a nine percent return, right, right, and and if investors want greedy, if they would, I do think the company would have to change. So maybe it's a good thing that they aren't making or trying to make billions of dollars every quarter. Yeah, I right. think it's I think it's smart that they're kind of staying like smallish. Um, although I do wish they were in the U.S. The only thing I don't like about this company is they don't sell phones that work great in the united states right i i wish they did because i mean that would be an awesome alternative for a lot of people it, it i i i i'm on this kick i refuse to buy a new phone until the one i have melts but i would you know throw that out the window and i would go buy a new fair phone if tomorrow they said hey the fair phone 4 plus is going to be on sale in the united states and work with us 5g networks i would buy one and that's the phone i would use until it just absolutely died and they couldn't fix it anymore oh and there's a five-year bumper to bumper warranty unless you tried to break something fairphone will fix you up five years this company man this company is great yeah and i just i guess i'm just i guess it just kind of really is annoying to, to see a good company not get the the level of attention that it deserves you know like Again, going back to that conversation around investors, like I wonder, like, what if Fairphone worked with investors that believed in this cause, that believed in having, you know, devices that were good to the environment? Like, I just I don't know. I just kind of I would I would love to think that there are enough, you know, the, the first person that comes to mind for most people is Bill Gates. When you think of somebody who right. is more concerned with how his investment money is spent than the return. And, you know, um, if you believe in 5G magnetic viruses, whatever, forget you. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about normal, smart people. Uh, mm. I 
just don't think there are enough investors like that out there. Well, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. who truly mean it. I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure that Warren Buffett or Bill Gates would actually give Fairphone a billion dollars. Right. I would like to think they would, and they, they have that persona that makes you believe they would. But when it comes down to it, would they really? Knowing that there's not much of retur- a return at all? Well, I guess, um, Fairphone, if you're listening to us... We care about you, you know. I, I, I'll invest if you sell a phone in the United States. I'll invest the 600 yeah. bucks to buy one. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one investor. <laughs> I, you know, you won't get another 600 bucks for however many 10 years or whatever, but I'll be a repeat investor. <laughs> well, yeah, Fairphone, if you're listening, you have investors on this podcast, so reach out. <laughs> Okay, on that note, um, let's talk about the thing that I love the most, which is the thing that made you happy this past week. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Um, So there's two things. The first thing is uh, this weekend or tomorrow, I will be checking out the Tulip Festival here in Seattle. (gasps) Fun! I love that. Yeah, I've never been, and I keep forgetting that it happens every year, and this is like the last weekend. So, um, and the weather's been pretty nice up here, so I'm really excited. Take um, some beautiful pictures. Oh, believe me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really just going for the gram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for I sure. will take plenty of pictures. But um, the, the gram and pictures for your reviews. Yes. <laughs> for the gram and pictures for your reviews yeah, is I what guess. they said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the second thing is I just finished reading jedi battle scars last night um and i finished it 15 minutes before jedi survivor was available to play oh, and oh so wow I, yeah because like it's kind of like a in-between story to like the jedi fallen order and survivor um so i got the book read it and finally finished it with 15 minutes to spare and i started playing uh love it survivor only like a little bit before i had to like go to sleep and right now i'm like why do i have to work today because the game is right there but uh yeah i'm just super stoked for this game because so far it's just great love it love it okay who wants to go next yeah i can't wait to play that but it's gonna have to wait till later in the year when i'm not busy playing tears of the kingdom in two weeks yes (laughs) (laughs) two weeks two Um, weeks two weeks yeah but this week uh, I went to Chicago, as you said before, and I'd never been to Chicago before. So it was cool to go to a new place and see some new things and just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually met up with a friend um, that lives there and had dinner with him. And, That's nice. Uh, it was awesome. I don't know. I just I had a really great trip. And it was cool to see Motorola headquarters as well. Is Chicago really the windy city? Yes. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be going to Chicago for the first time in uh, the first week of July, so I'm really excited. I love it. Um, we'll also be seeing a friend who I knew since middle school, and we haven't seen each other probably since. So we'll be meeting up, and I'm really excited. Sweet. Uh, Jerry, your turn. Okay. I fall down the stairs a lot, Truthy, Nick, and Derek know, because I'm downstairs, and the only working bathroom in my house was upstairs. and I just, uh, my, my feet and legs don't work right. And now I'm not going to fall down the stairs anymore because the basement bathroom finally worked. Yay! I had a plumber out last week to finish it up. And it, it took forever and a day to try to save the money. 
And in the end, I had to juggle some finances around for a different reason. And I just said, screw it. And took some money, borrowed it to finish paying for it. And now I can wheel myself 20 feet away and pee in a toilet <laughs> instead of trying to go up and down stairs. What a which, privilege, hey? Seriously. Hey, to, you know what? To me, it is. I know. Absolutely. It, 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 it's, it sounds like something so nothing for most people. But man, imagine if you had to do a thing that you couldn't do without hurting yourself just to pee. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You'd be glad when that was done. And I am. I'm just, I, I you know, I'm drinking extra water just so I can pee extra <laughs> to enjoy it. I love, <laughs> I love it. it. <laughs> Well, we're really happy about that. Um, and it really is a privilege, you know, honestly, like yeah. it sounds so small, but it really is. And that's so that's amazing. We're really happy about that. Um, OK, the things that made me happy this past week. I mean, I always have a, a few things to say. Obviously, Tears of the Kingdom. Two more weeks ago. I am really excited about that. Um and then this past week, I mean, I don't know if you're listening, Daniel uh who used to be our editor in chief i had lunch with him on wednesday and it was just nice oh it was just so nice to catch up i guess that's nice it really was it was and (laughs) he's such a wonderful person but it was just it was just really nice to catch up and you know just talk about life and our families and work and it was just it was lovely and it was i i really enjoyed um, spending time with him. So if you're listening to us, we miss you. Obviously, you talked a lot about me, too. I mean, Yeah, on. of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> da- no. Daniel, if you are listening, I'm almost finished with your chess set. <laughs> two, well, two years ago, I promised to make him a chess set. He knows I like to tinker around. I'm almost finished. I'll make sure you get it. You may have left me, but I'll make sure you get it. <laughs> well, he definitely is listening to us because he told me that he was very upset he wasn't invited to the 600th episode recording. But oh uh, well, sucks I, to suck. I, I told him that you know only cool people are allowed on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it was wonderful to have lunch with him. And then a um, couple of other things I I had mentioned. I was reading a book called The Butterfly Garden. Truly chilling book. I really you know I'm I just finished it. It was great. Um, it was it was very very disturbing, but it was very well written. And then um, Jiggy, our dog, uh, he had his seven month vet appointment today. And I just wanted to say that it went really well and I'm really grateful and blessed. And it's, it makes you feel good when you hear the words, you're doing a good job, you know, raising this dog. And that it it just, it was really nice to hear it. And we heard that he was a happy dog, which is, that makes me happy. You know, you you just want the pets around you to be happy and, and loved. So those were the things that made me happy. And on that note, That's it for us. So wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night, thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. And we will catch you guys very soon. Bye.